7 is that the doctrine of total depravity means that sinners are victims, not criminals. Uh, point number 8 is that sinful nature idea gives sinners an excuse for their sin and it justifies their sinning. Point number 9 is that the idea that the law is impossible makes disobedience excusable and justifiable. Point number 10 is that the idea that the law is impossible uh, makes God a cruel tyrant, not a loving ruler. This is Reconstructing Christianity. Join us as we encourage believers to reconstruct the heart of the Christian faith in this deconstructing world. All right, so if you don't know that this is our third take, um, so that was the throwback of Jesse Morrell that was back in his heyday. And he basically discusses that total depravity and by virtue of original sin is, um, is really just anti-biblical. It's, um, it's just, I mean, if you believe that you're, we're victims I always like hearing Arminians try to explain <laughs> what total depravity is. It's never correct. <laughs> yeah. And so he, the reason why we played that clip is that he's echoing the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I believe is that um, total, depra- total depravity is what separates, um, and original sin is what separates um Biblical anthropology from cultural anthropology. And it separates us from the Catholics. Mm -hmm. The Arminians are much closer to them than we are, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. So, Tim, what's anthropology? Well, we discussed that in the last episode, but um, just to quickly summarize, anthropology is what is man? Mm -hmm. It's it's really that simple. It's just a question. Um, What is man? Where did we come from? What's man's state? Yeah. And so, uh, Tim, what is the current... We've already... Give us a brief summary of what we already discussed about the culture. Yeah. um, So the culture, the way they push who man is, is often... uh, We're all good. Yeah. We're all essentially good. We start out good. And even if we do bad things, everyone is still good somewhere in their hearts. Yeah. so this is even true in like the prison system where we try to rehabilitate rehabilitate inmates by basically just changing their behavior. But actually these inmates end up leaving prison and going and committing the same crimes because mm-hmm. it's not their behavior that needs to change. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that we aren't actually essentially good deep down. Yeah. It's a sort of Pavlov's dog. If you walk, if you make him hate evil, he will eventually just turn to good. Mm-hmm. So, I want to ask you the basic question, and we probably answered it: Is man good? No, of according course not. The, yeah, according to the Bible. Yeah, of course not. The Bible is unbelievably clear about this. So, if there's any Christians like our, our friend over here in the first clip that say the otherwise, they're just talking straight out of their butt. Yeah. Uh, now I hear that Jesse Morrell 
completely doesn't believe in original sin. He doesn't, <laughs> and I think he's an open theist now. Well, tell don't tell him to read Romans five because that would destroy his worldview. Yeah. So, I think, I think I, we have to answer this question. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Um. So, would you believe that man that God made man good originally? Oh yeah, I mean that's what Genesis one says. Um, he said he God created man, he created woman, and he said this is good. Well what happened then? God created man good, but suddenly we're all just, you know, loving evil. You're right. Calvinism destroyed. Okay. Man man good man good in beginning. Yeah. Therefore Calvinism wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Genesis three never happens. Oh <laughs> I spoiled the answer. Yeah. Well, so I'm not going to pretend to know everything that happened in the garden <clears throat> because there's a lot of things the Bible just isn't clear on about that. But I think we can generally agree that when man was created, he wasn't created in a sinful state. Mm-hmm. Adam wasn't created with a sinful nature. Yeah. Um, so obviously when he sinned, that was fully willful. Mm-hmm. He was not in a state of total depravity mm-hmm. like we are. Um, so yeah, man was created good, but that the image of God was marred in man when man mm-hmm. sinned, and that line of sin passed down. That's yeah. what Romans five teaches. Oh snap! So you believe in that icky doctrine of federal headship? Yes, I do. Oh wow, <laughs> that's because it's in the Bible. That's why I believe it. But Tim, 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 that's that's not. I mean, that's not scholarship. That's not scholarly. <laughs> right, scholarship. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, uh, that instantly takes you out of the academy nowadays, and that instantly uh, takes yeah, you Yeah, well, the academy's retarded, so I don't really care anymore. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, um, what would you say? So, we don't believe in basically taking pills to make us better yeah well we can nuance this but the solution to man's sinful problem is not medication Mm -hmm. that's not going to fix anything um that's what your modern psychology psychological movement will tell you is uh oh you're depressed oh chemical imbalance let's get you on medication Mm -hmm. no tests are run and all right before you mishear me We're not saying there's no such thing as chemical imbalances. What we are saying is that's always the first thing people jump to. Mm -hmm. And it's probably much more rare than we think it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, So, um, so basically, um, we just don't go for chemicals. Um, But why? I mean, are we, are we, Aren't we just bags of chemicals facing up? <laughs> yeah, if I were an atheist, I'd believe that, but that's stupid. Um, obviously, we have an immaterial aspect. Atheists even know this, whether they want to acknowledge it or not. What is what is reason? Mm-hmm. Can you touch reason? Well, How can you reason if your brain is just chemical reactions? Well, I mean, Tim, I mean, don't you know synapses kind of spark up and then poof we have yeah that wouldn't be reason though yeah that's just determinism in your own brain Mm -hmm. so 
we believe that man is more than just a clump of cells. He's um, he's immaterial, mm-hmm. and we're not going into the dichotomy trichotomy debate right have fun amongst yourselves yeah (laughs) um we're just going to say there's an immaterial part of man and a material part of man and they're so tim i have a question sure so you said that basically we're sinful right yes so wouldn't that just make us victims to basically our sinful desires right that's what mr man said in the beginning Mm mm-hmm <clears throat> no, of course not. And this is always a caricature that people will paint of total depravity, the first point in Tulip. Um, have fun doing your research on that. I'm not about to go through all the points here. Mm-hmm. We're really just focusing on total depravity today. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, of course not. Adam's sin was passed down to us, but that doesn't mean it doesn't flow from our desires. Mm-hmm. So here's what Ephesians 2 says, um, starting in verse 1. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins. So first off, the first thing to point out is you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Mm -hmm. There's no hope for you. There's no hope for life for you. You're dead in your sins. Hold on. I want to ask you something. Okay. If we're dead in our sins, then how come people do good? Boom, roasted. (laughs) Are you saying, like, how come atheists do good sometimes? Yeah. Yeah, and you could get real deep in that, but um, what is good? Oh, snap. Well, here's the thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you have a Christian that gives to charity, and you have an atheist that gives to charity. Mm-hmm. That's seemingly good, no matter who does it, right? I mean, charity's getting money. Mm-hmm. But let's say the Christian says, I'm giving this to charity, and I'm giving all the honor to God. Mm-hmm. And the atheist says, there is no God. I'm giving this to charity. And they basically get all the credit. Yeah. It's it's sort of what I see in these gratitude journals mm-hmm. that they that the atheists have. Mm-hmm. As though, but there's nothing to give gratitude for. Yeah, so, if it's not done in Christ's name, it ceases to be good. So what you're saying is that there is none that do good. No, not one. Besides, yeah, yeah it's almost like that's... A Bible verse or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of funny to me, going back on the on the gratitude journal scene, that they have a gratitude journal, um, and yet it's just basically thankful for, um, thankful for this, but not to anything. Mm-hmm. And so they do it just to kind of please themselves and to have basically a good vibes mindset. Right, and we can even do this as Christians. Like, we can take all the credit, mm-hmm. and it ceases to be good. Mm-hmm. It's not just the atheist, but there's no way the atheist could. Mm. Sort of like um, sort of like a Joel Osteen. Uh, oh, yeah, well. That basically just credits himself for everything. Well, that's assuming he's a Christian. Oh, yeah. Um, which is unlikely. <laughs> yeah. It kind of reminds me of the megachurch pastor. Oh, yeah. Who does... Um, who does these grandiose things and says it was all, you know, yeah, look what I did. Yeah. So <clears throat> Driscoll. <clears throat> so anyways, um, game back to game back to objections. Yeah. Um, oh, well, let's keep doing Ephesians two while I'm at it. Cause there's another point I want to make. Okay. Because in our beginning clip, he says, we're all basically victims 
We didn't ask for the sin to be passed down to us. We didn't ask to be dead in our sins. Mm -hmm. That makes us victims. Well, Ephesians 2 says otherwise. Uh, In verse 2, In which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now in the work of the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, Mm -hmm. carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. Mm-hmm. So, the Bible is not saying we're victims. The Bible is saying we're doing what we already want. We're following our own desires, the passions of our flesh. Yeah. So, no, you're not a victim. You're just a sinner. Mm-hmm. And you like your sin. Mm-hmm. We all like our sin. Yeah. So, let's kind of broaden this subject out. Um, so... Why would, so why do we have prison systems and why do we have things that base, why do we have systems that basically feed our sinful desires? Well, how unhinged do you want me to get with the prison system? Because <laughs> one, it's to make money. Mm-hmm. It's a money making machine for the government, but how unhinged do you want me to get? Well, I want to get into laws, and specifically laws that don't reflect a Christian mindset. Right, right. So, okay, here, here's a good example. Mm-hmm. Gun laws. Yeah. The, so they think the solution for gun laws is banning guns. Mm-hmm. So it's behavior modification again. Yeah. But that's not the solution. What is the solution? Addressing the heart of man. Mm-hmm. And how do I put this? There's not going to be lasting change unless there's change within the hearts and souls of humankind. Yeah. So, Tim, I want to strong man our opponents. Okay. Um, so we are, we are theonomists, right? Mm-hmm. Yet we believe in the total depravity of man. Yep. Wouldn't, Christian laws just kind of hide that and just kind of... Oh, yes. I'm so glad you went here. Go ahead. Uh, Yeah, I've put a lot of thought into this, mostly because of all the debate on Twitter Mm -hmm. lately over Christian nationalism. So, I actually think no. I actually think putting Christian laws makes it easier for people to convert to Christianity, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. Other than, you know, pagan laws, which allow for rampant paganism in the culture. Yeah. You put in those barriers, those guardrails, Mm -hmm. and you're actually going to have more success, especially if the church is also doing its job. It's not one or the other. It's not the government putting in laws and there you go. There's your solution. And it's not the church sharing the gospel and that's it. There's your solution. It's both hand in hand. Mm -hmm. But Tim, we will just get evil people doing moral stuff. That's not the gospel. Well, that's better than evil people doing immoral stuff, first off. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, that's not the gospel. But again, putting in Christian laws does help draw people to the gospel. Yeah, it's sort of like it's sort of like curbing people's evil desires. Well, look at Israel. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this in the Theonomy episodes. The people on the outside looked at Israel and they were like, wow, 
these laws are just. We want this. Mm. You're telling me that wouldn't have the same effect if we did in the U.S.? And it did. Mm. It did for the longest time. The U.S. was the gold standard. Everyone wanted to imitate us, and now we're going down the crapper, and people are like, America's kind of crazy. <laughs> but Tim, 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 Tim. <laughs> you act like the government is supposed to curb people's evil desires. Yes. <laughs> It is supposed to do that. <laughs> well, maybe not evil. It does curb the mm-hmm. evil. Maybe mm-hmm. that's what we're getting at. The desires might still be there, mm-hmm. but the government's job is to curb the evil. Its job is to punish the evildoer and to bear the sword. Yeah. Now, the church mm-hmm. shares the gospel and addresses the sinful desires in man's heart. Okay. I'm glad you brought that up. Well, you brought it up, but you're welcome. No, the church part. Oh, yeah. Um, I want to ask you, how do, basically, how do modern churches treat men? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much no different from the culture at this point. There's relatively no church discipline, first off, because why would there be? Wait, church discipline, what is that? I know. It's almost like there's sin in the church that needs to be addressed, and the Bible expects for that to happen and gives you the guidelines on how to deal with it. No, 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 no. That was just for the barbaric right. people. Right, but the church is now a country club for people that are essentially good. Yeah. Down. So, basically what you're saying is that the church is just basically behavior modification. Oh, pretty much, yeah. I mean, it's full-fledged adopted the modern psychology movement as well mm-hmm. without rel- relatively any thought mm-hmm. about a biblical worldview when it comes to that. Yeah. Um, what's the typical sermons you hear? Is that basically, you know, don't do this, don't oh, yeah. do that. You know, um, and of course there's room for the do's and don'ts. Don't get me wrong here. Oh yeah, okay. Here's a tangent I'll go on, but it it applies to what we're talking about. Go ahead. So look at the homosexual movement in the church and how it's addressed. Okay. You hear slogans like, um, "Well, if you're gay, the the solution isn't being straight." Which okay, that's true. That's not the solution because again, that's just behavior modification. Mm-hmm. However. The end goal is changed desires, which leads to heterosexuality. But the modern church doesn't actually believe that your desires can be changed. Mm-hmm. Wait, hold on. And those desires are seen as neutral. You're born with them. That's just your sin attacking you. It's not something you really want. You just got to put up with it the rest of your life. So, Tim, I'm going to put you on the hot seat. Okay, come on. So you're saying that homosexuality is a desire, not something you're born with. Yes. Wow. 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 It's it's a desire that can be changed? Yes. Just like any other sin desire. Just like any heterosexual sin's desire. Wow, Tim. But we treat homosexuality as like, you're just going to have to live with that the rest of your life. There's no hope for you. You're just going to have to be celibate. Oh, yeah. Um so basically sin is a desire mm-hmm. just like any sin is and that man can change and that with the gospel of course 
um, man change should change his his desires. Well, to be man can't. Yeah, only God can change your desires. Yeah, and that's sort of basically why I'm going with the gospel. Yeah. I don't believe it's ten percent man mm-hmm. and ninety percent God. I believe it's hundred percent God. Right. But in the by so, and then once you're redeemed, you can change those desires. Yeah, walking. Okay. The way I think about it is, you're probably not going to change those desires yourself. However, you have commands to follow. Mm-hmm. When you follow those commands, the Lord sanctifies you through that process. Mm-hmm. So, in some ways, you are doing something, but it's the Lord changing your heart. Yeah. So, think about the homosexuality issue. Mm-hmm. What needs to happen is a whole reorientation of what you think sexual desire is even for. Mm hmm. Your sexual desire is for a woman and for procreation. That's what it was intended for. Now you're using it in a bad way, in a way it wasn't intended for. Mm-hmm. So the thinking process needs to be changed, mm-hmm. and it may not be immediate. It may take a long time, but those desires can still change. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is sort of on track, okay? Mm-hmm. However, I had to ask this question. Okay. It it's right there, smack dab, in there. Mm-hmm. So you said that man is sort of has a desire for a woman. Mm-hmm. Well, what about the gift of celibacy? Isn't I mean, couldn't a homosexual yeah. man be a celibate? I mean, no one, no, absolutely not. The issue with the homosexual man is not that he's celibate; he's out having sex with dudes. Are you <laughs> kidding me? <laughs> Well, I mean, a man, I mean, he's just, I mean, he has a wrong sexual desire. Can't he just become celibate? Maybe he has the gift of celibacy. Well, if he still has that sexual desire, I would say probably not. Okay. I just. Look, the the gift of celibacy, Hmm. one, is an exception to the rule. Mm -hmm. And we treat it as the rule basically most of the time. How the solution is always celibacy. No. Mm-hmm. Okay. First Corinthians seven. That's where it addresses this. Where Paul says it's good to remain celibate. But what's interesting is he says there's something going on. Mm-hmm. He's saying there's something. The culture's kind of tanking. It's good to remain celibate right now. Mm-hmm. So if you're a partial preterist, that has a context which is the heavy persecution of Christians. Mm-hmm. You 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 might be able to argue the principle carries over. However, it was addressing something pretty specific going on right then and there. Okay. Well, so what you're saying is that if you have a gift for something, like the gift of teaching, mm-hmm. uh, you would be teaching, you would be able to teach. Yeah. And so if you have the gift of celibacy, You'd be able to not have sex with dudes, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm glad we ironed up that issue. It's I, it's really not hard to iron that one out. That just makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. Um, and so, like I said, it's somewhat on the rails. Mm-hmm. Well, Our, we're, the whole conversation is your desires. Mm-hmm. If we're all honest... Mm-hmm. And I mean honest. Mm-hmm. 
we all know we have a lot of sinful desires and that we're not near as good as we think we are. All right. So I want to bring this, I want to bring this to the family. Mm -hmm. Tim, I mean, why can't we just treat our kids like the little innocent kids they are? I mean, they're just little precious cherubs, you know, they're just (laughs) the innocent kids. So why can't we just treat them like innocent kids? Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know if any parents are actually saying that because parents know their kids are little terrorists. Like they do bad things all the time and you constantly have to rein in their sinful desires. But Tim, 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 (laughs) that's not educated. That's not the educated position on how to rear kids. Oh yeah. The educated position is behavior modification. Mm Mm-hmm. And it doesn't work. So here, here's a thought. A lot of these pastors that raise their kids, these pastor kids with behavior modification, there's a reason when they leave the home that they immediately descend into paganism. Yeah. Um, I remember there was this girl at, uh, at high school and she was a pastor's kid. Well, she would go to high school and just be like someone else, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's almost to be expected. Like Mm -hmm. if you grew up in ministry, there's almost like, you know, there's going to be a period of time where they leave the home and they're just going to go crazy, but hopefully they'll come back. That's like expected most of the time. But Tim, our teenage, I mean, you had the whole teenage angsty thing. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, can't you just leave them be? Yeah. They got to do their Amish thing where they go for a year and just, live like absolute pagans and then hopefully they come back. So you're saying that's not the uh, biblical route. No. On how to deal with someone who has sinful desires on on a child who has sinful desires. Yeah. Cause you're not even addressing the sinful desires. You're not getting to the heart of the matter. You're just saying, stop, 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 stop being bad. Yeah. And you know, a kid they'll stop. But they don't necessarily know why. They just hear you want them to stop, so they do. Mm-hmm. So you're saying that they're not innocent. Um, no, of course not. Kids I, lie all the time. And so you should address the sin. Yes. But, Tim, I mean, we have schools for that. We we <laughs> have We have schools to help teach them what is right and wrong. And, Tim, isn't just basically right and wrong... Just knowledge? No, obviously not. Well, yes. Mm-hmm. Right and wrong is knowledge. Mm-hmm. Doing wrong is knowing something you should do and not doing it. Mm-hmm. The issue is in our culture, we think we can just... We're postmoderns. So we think, oh, that's just your truth, so you'll do whatever. And uh, mm-hmm. That's wrong to me if you you know murder some babies. Mm-hmm. But if you do it and that's your truth, who, who am I to say? But you see, I mean, we have 900, we probably have like $9 billion going to the education. I mean, certainly they're using it for the right stuff. Obviously. I mean, the government's supposed to raise your kids, right? Yeah. They're the ones that's supposed to, you know, parent your kids to where they act like human beings, right? Yeah. No. (laughs) And that's why we're in the mess we're in. So you're saying those $900 million just so that a group of weird adults teaching your kids not to smoke 
is a as a bad way. Is a bad oh yeah, use they can't money. they can't smoke, but they'll pass out condoms to them so they can have gay sex. Yeah, and they, they'll show them how to do it too. Mm-hmm. They'll go into detail. Yeah, that's the government is not a good parent, guys. Mm-hmm. And honestly, if you're sending your kids to school to do that, you're not a good parent either. Yeah. Um. I mean, are we really going to expect the school to actually address the sin of our child? Mm-hmm. Obviously not. Because mm. so, they don't even know what sin is. <laughs> so, I want to get into some objections. Okay. So, Tim, you act like you act like men should be held accountable, even though, I mean even though they're just slaves to their desires. Mm-hmm. Well, they're slaves, then how can they be accountable? Yeah, well, when we hear that, we think, oh, I'm dead in my sins, I don't have a choice, so I'm basically a robot, and I'm just going to be a sin robot. Mm-hmm. But again, that's not what Ephesians 2 teaches. It says these things flow from your desires. So, in a sense, we believe in a free will, but not like a, a will that's been untainted by sin. Mm-hmm. It's like a creaturely free will. And I think Jeff Durbin even gave this example. He said, uh, if you have like a, a, a rabbit mm-hmm. and you hold out, um, you hold out a carrot and you hold out, well, I don't know what's a good example, a piece of chocolate. Mm-hmm. Maybe the rabbit will like the piece of chocolate. But anyways... The rabbit's probably going to go for the carrot just because rabbits like carrots. Mm -hmm. Now you can break down this analogy all you want, but you know what I'm saying. In the same way, sin to us is like the carrot. Like we desire it, and that's where we're going to go to. It's a willful choice every time that flows from our desires. Mm -hmm. You're not a robot. You are fully responsible for the actions you're making, and therefore God is just Mm -hmm. in either punishing you there's going to be justice either way. It's either going to be taken out on the cross or it's going to be taken out on you. Wait, wait, wait. Hold up. <laughs> Do you actually believe in that final judgment? Uh, 100%, yeah. Okay. Um, so, I mean, so you said that man desires evil continually, right? Mm-hmm. Sort of like what the Bible says. Yes. However, why aren't, I mean, why don't we have many Hitlers just everywhere? I mean, why don't we have... I mean, why isn't there genocide every week? Yeah, look at the story of Joseph. And this is something that's often missed. So his brothers throw him into the pit, right? And they're like, let's kill him. We need to kill this guy. But then one of the brothers steps up and he's like, uh, we don't have to kill him. We could sell him into slavery. They're like, oh, okay. Now, in a way, I think that's God restraining some of the evil in their hearts. I think he used that situation for that purpose. Um, The brothers could have killed him, but God restrained that evil. Mm -hmm. In the same way, God is always restraining evil in the world, and that's why there's not 100 Hitlers. But when that Hitler pops up, you can see the unrestrained evil for what it is. Mm -hmm. And it's... hmm. All right, I'm going to say something. It's almost gracious God is allowing us to see that evil because it prevents it more in the future. 
Wow, it's Tim. You act like so. You act like this evil is actually has a purpose to it. Yes, just like Joseph. That's exactly what he said. He oh. said what y'all meant for evil, God meant for good. But Tim, that means God allows evil to happen. Yes. So, <laughs> Tim, are you saying that God allowed rape? Yes, he does. Wow. Okay. Um, hey, look, I understand that's tough for us to hear, but uh, um, yeah, it, it should be tough. It's a terrible thing. But God is gracious and he restrains that all the time. Mm-hmm. And he always has a purpose. Romans eight twenty eight. He works all things together for good. Mm-hmm. Even all the terrible situations we see. At the end, it has a good punchline. Okay. So, I figured the objections were a good way to close. Mm-hmm. So, we've basically gone over that a biblical, anthrop- a biblical anthropology would say that uh, man is evil. Um, that unlike the culture, man is not good. Mm-hmm. Um, you just don't go with behavior modification like typical psychologists do. Mm-hmm. And you don't address it with pills. Mm-hmm. You address it with heart. Um, as I think it's time I'll give some ampl- applications. Sure. And then we'll close. So, first of all, um, I think a good one will be not to be surprised with um, all the evil around the world. Um, I don't think it's the end times. I think it's just man being man and yeah. having less. It's been that way all of human history. Yeah, it's just less restrained. And one thing that I think has that is something that is that bad has something bad that has happened is that we haven't taught total depravity enough. And that's why whenever Hitler came along, we were just all blindsided. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, but, everyone agrees Hitler was a terrible person. Yeah. <clears throat> so they're not like, oh, he was just a good guy that did bad things. No, we all know he. He's burning in hell right now. Yeah. Um, so, don't be surprised about all the evil going around. Uh, and we don't have to blame the rapture or the... Um, we don't have to blame the end times for it. We could blame mm-hmm. ourselves. Um, second of all, I feel like there's more legwork in actually... in. I don't like the... In counseling. That you have to address the heart of the matter... And that you can't just say, do good. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it? Don't have sex or else you go to hell. Yeah. <laughs> um, and another application would be just basically, um, and another application would be to have good laws to actually curb sin. Yeah. Um, who who would have thunk that, um, that the government actually does, is actually supposed to curb evil and actually promote morality and so tim let's let's start let's um, let's close it out yeah um and this is to any you know unbelievers listening when you're in christ the bible describes you as a saint because when christ sees you he sees or when when the father sees you he sees christ's righteousness So when you die, are you going to die a saint or are you going to die a sinner in the hands of an angry God?